0: Good morning. Good morning. Happy, Easter. Happy Easter. The Lord has risen. I notice you're all sitting there very nicely well coiffed and attired. If you could, as uh, we would say back in the good old days in the service, down in front, scrunch it in. So if you've got some room, please come together as we have come together today to celebrate the rising of our Lord. Make some space. We got more people coming in. Seriously, or I'll have to start pushing like my drill sergeant did in the day. Okay? Happy Easter.
1: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Sandy Snyder, and I serve as an elder and a Stephen minister in our congregation. Christ is risen. Let us rejoice and be glad. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Glory be to you, God, our strength and redeemer, the vacant cross and the empty tomb, vindicate your claim that the love which suffers is the love which saves. So fill your people with joy and your church with celebration, that the world may know that your holy son Jesus is not a dead hero we commemorate, but the living Lord we worship, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be our praise forever. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive the Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
2: Will you please stand for the call to worship. Jesus who was crucified, who now will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? The Lord is risen.
3: Good
4: morning. Happy Easter. Let us join our voices together in our prayer of adoration. Glory to you, O God. On this day you won victory over death, raising Jesus from the grave and giving us eternal life. By your resurrection you broke open the gates of hell and destroyed sin and death. You confounded the guards and executioners and filled the disciples with joy. You proclaimed good news to the women and apostles and brought salvation to the whole world. Glory to you, O God. On this day, we rejoice with all of heaven and earth that the victory has been won and we now live in the triumphant kingdom. We are free now to be your people in the world for the sake of your risen Son, Jesus Christ. Glory, hallelujah, amen. Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here for he is risen. He is risen indeed. On this glorious day, let us join with believers down through the ages and across the globe and state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, amen and now let us warmly greet our neighbors on this happy easter morning (laughs)
2: and a little bit of Easter. So we are so glad that you are with us this morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. We are just so blessed to be here together in this great place and to be about this great experience of worship. We began early this morning at the beach, Lido Beach, where over a thousand folks or so gathered with us and uh, a beautiful moonlit sky and The sun eventually came up and we were so grateful to be able to be there to greet the beginning of a new day and the beginning of a new life that we know in Jesus Christ. So we're glad that you are with us here and we look forward to worshiping with you. We hope that you will find this to be a place of warmth and welcome. If you are visiting with us today, especially, we are glad that you're here and we would love to know who you are. There's actually a little sheet in your bulletin and we would love for everyone to fill this out instead of using the friendship pad. We would love for you to give us your information and especially we would love to learn about if you are a regular perhaps a new visitor with us to learn about how it is that you found out about us because that will help us to figure out how do we spread the good news about church of the palms in the future so please let us know fill out this form put it in the offering plate when the offering plate goes by make sure that's not the only thing you put in the offering plate so (laughs) but we are we are thankful that we can be the resurrection resurrection people in the midst of a world that yearns to hear of good news we encourage you to uh, find a connect magazine on your way out the door again if you're a visitor with us today we'd like to learn more about life here at church of the palms we have one of those available for you so please feel free to do that we've got uh, great opportunities for you to check out underneath the tree after our service today come and enjoy a cup of coffee and some more fellowship as we uh, gather together as the people of God. There's some resurrection gardens that our children have made. You're welcome to perhaps take one of those home with you with a donation. We would love for you to support our children that way. Uh, There's information in your bulletin about a Presbyterian women's event coming up and a spaghetti dinner uh, that features our Early Childhood Center, one of our very important parts of our mission here at Church of the Palms. And you'll have a chance to buy tickets for our concert series. Our next concert will be on April the 17th in a couple of weeks, so you'll want to take note of that as well. So we are grateful that we can be together as the people of God, and let us continue our worship.
5: Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we come as your Easter people to praise you and sing our joy and thanks. On this day, as we relive Jesus' resurrection, we are more sure of your love, grace, and power than on any other day. We give you thanks that on this day, evil is undone and death is defeated. We thank you that in Christ's resurrection, Our own eternal lives with you are made possible. We know ourselves to be your children, and we are grateful to be named brothers and sisters in Christ. Almighty God, bless the church universal, and bless this congregation, we pray. Grant your healing mercies to those who are ill or hungry or frightened, we pray. Comfort those who grieve. Guide those who lead us in church and state Safeguard those who serve in the dark of night and in the danger of war, we pray. Great God, confirm in us this resurrection joy, both on this Easter day and in the days to come. For we ask all these prayers, spoken and unspoken, in the name of our risen Lord, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our daughters and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen friends as we celebrate the joy of easter in which we celebrate God's love, now is our chance to say back to God, thank you and we love you through the giving of our offerings and tithings.
3: We pray,
2: Lord of glory, you have set yourself free and you are risen indeed. Hope has replaced fear, comfort has replaced neglect, faith has replaced doubt. We pray that as we worship and we absorb all the wonderful messages of Easter, we'll pass that on to others and we ask that you'll accept our Easter gifts in anticipation of our own commitment to your risen life in us and in the world in which we live. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And now this wonderful moment on Easter to welcome our children and Lori.
0: Wow, the sanctuary looks beautiful. Maddie, there you are first again. So Easter Sunday, there are no surprises today because we know that Jesus is risen from the dead and we know that because you guys are at Church of the Palms there will be live chicks. So there is something about baby chicks that tell me about the resurrection, that tell me about the real reason for Easter like nothing else does. And I think it's partly Because it's this new life, this new life, kind of like the one that we can have in the risen Lord. And if you have been here for a couple of years, you will know that every single one of you are going to hold baby chicks up in kids' worship. So now you mostly get to look at it, but just in a little bit, you'll get to hold them in your hands. So, can anyone tell me, before this little guy hatched, where would I have found him? Yeah, where would I have found him? In an egg. In an egg, exactly right. And an egg is kind of like a little tomb, right? That it's dark in there, maybe a little cold, and that he was all alone until just the right time when he burst out into new life. He came into the world with all the light and joy that one could imagine. Well, we know that Jesus died on the cross and that they put his body in a tomb where there was no light, kind of dark, maybe a little bit cool, and he was all alone until just the right time. Three days later, he rose from the dead. (laughs) She said he hatched. I may be losing something in my analogy here. Jesus rose from the dead in all the light and joy that one can imagine. So in our Bible story today, these women ran to the tomb, they looked in, and Jesus was gone. And there was an angel that had some important news for them, the good news. And that's what I wanna teach you today, but I actually need a little help. Pastor Steve, would you mind helping me, please? (laughs) Were you raised on a farm? Were you raised on a farm? Were you raised on a farm? (laughs) No. Are your hands clean though? Clean? Is it okay if they don't stay that way? Yeah, okay, okay, there you go, you hold that. Our sign for Jesus is middle finger like this and like this into our palms, right? We go, Jesus. So here's the good news, they said. The angel said, Jesus is not here. Now, the best sign for risen, you make like little walking feet across your hands. You go, he is risen. So do that. He is risen. And then the best news of all. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to do it all together. Excellent. And you can join in. It's a good one. I'm so sorry. I'm right behind you. Okay. Jesus is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for sending us your son and that he has risen again that we might live with light and joy everywhere we go. Amen. I'll treat you. I don't know if you pooped on your Okay. Okay, let's go to kids' worship. Let's go.
2: We have to spend the rest of the year trying to convince our kids that Jesus didn't hatch. <laughs> that's OK. He is alive. So here the good news is it comes to us from Mark chapter 16, beginning at the first verse. "When the Sabbath was over? So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace, O Lord, and through your mercy, we pray that you will allow these words to come to tell the good news that Jesus Christ is risen. We pray, O Lord, that these words will speak through us to the world, that the world may know the good news of Jesus Christ, for we pray this in his name. Amen. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls from the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. As many of you know, my family and I like to make it an annual habit to get together at the North Carolina shore for a week of R&R and family bonding. This is my extended family, with my two brothers and me, now the patriarchs of the family, all being Presbyterian pastors. You can imagine how boring this must be. (laughs) No, actually, we do have a lot of fun, a lot of fun that comes in telling stories to one another and on one another. Preachers have lots of stories, some of them even true. One such story that comes up from time to time is the story of the one Thanksgiving dinner to which one of my older brothers, then in high school, invited his girlfriend. We will name her Kathy. Kathy was delighted to be invited to our Thanksgiving feast and was insistent that she bring the dessert. She liked to bake, and so she wanted to bring the dessert. So she brought the dessert. She brought a couple of freshly baked cherry pies. Yum. So when dinner was over, Kathy retired to the kitchen to cut the pie into as many pieces as there were folks at the table, but she forgot to count herself. She didn't save a piece for herself. So she served up her warm cherry pie to our family and sat down to wait for our approval. We all dug in, we all dug in to discover that Kathy had forgotten to put in the sugar. (laughs) Ever eat cherry pie without the sugar? Don't. (laughs) The only thing worse than eating cherry pie without the sugar is making like you are enjoying eating cherry pie without the sugar. We did the best we could. I was 10 years old at the time. and remember receiving across from the table my brother's death stare, which said, you say one word in front of her, I'll kill you. (laughs) To this day, dear Kathy, whose romance with my brother did not survive the end of high school, has not a clue, we don't think, what she put us through. There are some essential ingredients when it comes to cherry pie. And next to the cherries themselves, pretty high up on the list, is sugar. It's not unlike the story some of you have heard me tell of a Thanksgiving many years after that when my mother took suddenly ill and was left to me and my father to prepare Thanksgiving dinner. He gave it to me to make the mashed potatoes. I went out, of course, and got a box of Hungry Jack mashed potato mix and followed the directions on the box and with great pride placed my first bowl of mashed potatoes onto the Thanksgiving table only to discover when the first person took the first bite and promptly spit it back onto their plate, my family was less polite with me than we were with Kathy, that what I thought was on the box that said two tablespoons of salt actually said two teaspoons of salt. Yum. <laughs> now, it wasn't until later that I learned the remedy to grossly salted potatoes. Some of you know the answer to this. The remedy to grossly salted potatoes is add sugar. Hmm, you're saying don't go home and try it (laughs) no sugar takes the saltiness away are you seeing a theme here add sugar so we have been taking our journey through these last several months through the story of God that we find in the Bible. From the beginning of the Bible until now, we have listened and pondered over the great stories of Scripture, and we have been stirring together our interpretation of these texts into a batter of what the church believes about God. We have been baking, in a sense, the ingredients into the pie, and every Sunday, we remind ourselves what our faith is all about when we recite together the Apostles' Creed, as we did this morning, that great eighth-century creed of faith. Faith that says that condenses the essence of what we believe. Every church, right, seeks to come up with the essence of Christianity in some way, and for the most part, we Church of the Palms Presbyterians are grateful to have this historic creed as the framework for what we believe about what it means to be Christian. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. And even when we weekly recite this, I know know you well enough to know that there are still a variety of interpretations of what makes up the essence of Christianity. What are the essential ingredients? What do you have to have in the pie to make it what it's supposed to be? Is Christianity, for example, just a bunch of rules, a bunch of do's and don'ts? Is the Bible just a rule book that tells you how to straighten up and get right with God? Slip up and you'll go to hell. Or is Christianity a political platform that if you believe in Jesus, you need to vote for this guy or vote for that woman or, or turn out for that particular political party? Or is Christianity some sort of amorphous, feel-good, kind of spiritual self-help thing that's all about you and not much about anyone or anything else? Or is Christianity some sort of closed society that's only open to people of a particular persuasion or a particular opinion or a particular perspective? At the end of the day, when you put it on the table, what has to be in the pie? You know, I mentioned a minute ago about this creed that we recite every Sunday here, the Apostles' Creed. It's been around for 13 centuries. That's a long time, and I wonder if it's been around for so long because it sticks with the essential ingredients. Because when the creed talks about Jesus, the creed says four things. He was born, he, was, he suffered, he died, and he rose. He was born, he suffered, he died and he rose. God was born in human likeness, lived the life of human struggle, died a human death and rose a godly resurrection. Jesus put this whole thing another way when he said a seed must fall to the earth and die before it can live to bear fruit. Something we see every day. Unless a seed falls to the earth and dies, it cannot live to bear fruit. Jesus was born, he suffered, he died, and he rose. Essential ingredients. I wonder sometimes if we don't make Christianity a little too complicated for our own good because it was just three short months ago back in December when we celebrated the good news of God's appearing, appearing as a tiny baby in Bethlehem. And of course the big story in all that is that God chose to plant himself into the soil of the world, into the condition of the world. God immerses himself in the world, buries himself, if you will, in the world. God gets down and dirty in Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes on the sin, the pain, the shame of the world. With every leper he touches, with every blind man he heals, with every ostracized woman he talks to, with every betrayal and denial he experiences, Jesus descends into the muck and the mire of what the world can be. All the way way to the cross we learned on Good Friday. All the way to the point that they strap him on the cross and even beyond that, the creed says, all the way to hell. He descended into hell. That's how far down the good Lord goes. Even if we make our bed in hell, the psalmist says, he's there. In Christ, God falls to the earth. In Christ, God descends to the depths. And of course what that means is that he descends into your depth and mind, into your deepest pain, our deepest worry, our deepest anxiety. Because you know you can't be a human being without some pain, some worry, some anxiety. If you are free and clear of these things, then why in heaven's name are you here? Because the whole story of Jesus starts when the prophet says, those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Who knows what that is for you, that deep darkness, that deep worry, that deep anxiety. Maybe, maybe it's your concern over the future, or maybe it's your health, or maybe you're worried about your family, or maybe you're worried about your view of the world, or your concern over future events. But we believe in the one who descends into those depths and says fear not i am with you fear not i will be present with you until the very end but you know that's not the end of the story Because we've got these women who go to visit that place where the seed fell to its deepest, where the grain of wheat has fallen into the earth and died. And they think before they arrive that this is the end of the story. Oh Lord, they think that this is the end of the story, that when the seed falls to the earth, that's just the end of the story. But they haven't been to science class, right? They haven't been to the greenhouse. They haven't gotten past this, they haven't gotten past Christmas. They just don't know that when a seed falls to the earth and dies Well, that's when things get interesting. That's when things start to rise. Three days later, and the shoots are springing. Three days later, and the tomb is empty. Three days later, and fruit is ascending, the fruits, fruits of all creation. So what they don't know, those women, is that the one who has gone to the depths of their lives, to the depths of their fears, their worries, this is the one who's on the rise. And when he rises, he takes us with him. You see, this is why Easter is the essential ingredient. That's why Easter is the sugar and the cherry pie because when he rises, he takes us with him. It's the only way to explain that scared Jesus following, hiding inside their homes, afraid even to go to the cross, throwing Jesus under the bus out of their fear, their worry, their anxiety. But when he rises, he takes us with him. Those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The one who has died is risen. The one who's buried himself in death has descended and conquered death. The one who descended even into hell takes over the city. The one who breaks the prison has released the captives and he rises and takes us with Him. Him, and 21 centuries later, we're still packing the house. It's the only way to explain what is happening inside the Estelle High Security Prison in Texas. Reported by the Houston Chronicle last month, inside the highest security prison in Texas, and inside the high security unit inside the highest security prison they decided to open a seminary. A seminary. A seminary for guys who would never see the light of day. A seminary for guys to become pastors so that they might pastor their fellow prisoners into the depths into the prison the crucified Christ descends. And sure enough, prisoners are starting to rise. And now they are starting to give their lives over to the power and the love and the new life of God. Just last month, three inmates baptized by their fellow inmates, one in for 99 years for home invasion and said, this is the happiest day of my life. I will never be free in this world. But I know now that I'll be free in the next. Another, with outlaw tattooed to his arm, said, I'm so tired of the hate. I was an outlaw out there but I'm a changed man in here. I live in the spirit. When he rises, he takes us with him. There is no place too low that he won't go. And there is no place too high that he cannot take us. You see, I think this world needs a resurrection. I think this world is missing the essential ingredient. I think we are allowing this world to get scarier and scarier and more and more sour because we are forgetting, we are forgetting to put in the sugar. Too many Christians around who are baptized with lemon juice I don't know what you're talking about you but I'm getting tired of cable TV telling us what the story is I'm getting tired of the front page of the newspaper telling us what the story is I'm getting tired of so-called Christians telling us that the story is more about hate than about love more about keeping people away than bringing them in we know what the story is the great God of heaven has entered our depths the depths of our fear and our worry and our pain and he's on the rise and he's taking with us with him no one left behind behind behind, no one pushed to the side, no one kept away. The world needs a resurrection and it started long ago with those women amazed at what they had seen, shock and awe. How about us being the community of shock and awe, the community of the one who is risen, the community that is not afraid. How about us being the ones who finished the story, rising from our prisons to announce to the four corners of the world, he's on the rise and we rise with him. No more fear, no more worry, no more darkness, no more judgment, no more unclean, no more prisoners, no more outcast. We rise with them. It's the only way for the story to end. Sugar for the cherry pie. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Following the benediction, we invite you to remain standing for the singing of the Hallelujah chorus. Now, may the grace of Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you now and Amen.